When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We're your hosts, James and Anthony. Today's episode, we will be taking a look at the first season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which just wrapped up. And this was a hotly anticipated property. Disney actually had it in the works as a film uh, production early on. And then I think because of the success of Disney Plus and their streaming service, I think they decided, you know, we can get a lot more content and a lot more bang for our buck if we go with the TV series and multiple seasons. And for me, it was just really great to see Obi- Obi-Wan Kenobi back, to see Ewan McGregor back. He's an, always been a terrific actor. Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. I think all in all, they did a solid job with the show. I think it's one of the better Disney Plus shows that we've seen so far. And in terms of the production, acting, the writing, I think that's a vast improvement over a few of the other shows that we've seen so far. So I think Disney is going on the right path. I still think that Mandalorian is the best show that they've produced oh, yeah, so far. Hands down, especially yeah. in the Star Wars universe. But this show has great elements, but also there are pros and cons to this show, of course. And obviously... There are lots of complaints going around on the internet and people are reacting to it, but a lot of people are loving it at the same time. So it's not a perfect show. It has its issues, but overall, I'm enjoying it because I love Obi-Wan Kenobi so damn much. And it's just worth the price of watching this show is to see Ewan McGregor reclaim his role as Obi-Wan and then Hayden Christensen coming back as Darth Vader and also flashbacks as Anakin Skywalker. We have Uncle Owen back played by Joel Edgerton, which is really cool to see him. So it's great to get the nostalgia of that prequel trilogy that we all love so much and it's so underrated. So I feel like the show is like made for the prequel fans for sure. And it also craved the hunger I had for lightsaber battles that Mandalorian was always missing out on. And because it wasn't until Ahsoka's episode where we saw lightsabers, For if real. I'm correct. Yeah, it was yeah. episode six, man. So I was always like, oh, man, I need some lightsabers. And so we got our lightsaber fixed with this season, with this show, and they've done an excellent job. I think the, the LED sets in the CGI has been some of the best we've seen so far. I think that the Moon Knight CGI was very iffy, and at times it was very noticeable. But I think with Obi-Wan, I don't think I found a, a moment of the CGI being unbelievable. I think they did an excellent job with the CGI blending together with these sets. I uh, never really felt like green screens and it felt like everything was a finer touch than in uh, a show like Moon Knight. True, but on the opposite side, there were moments where you can tell that just having the large LED screen sets takes away from parts of the show. Like I think the final battle in the final episode between Darth and Obi-Wan is the best scene of the entire series. I think it's the best directed, best effects, best action sequence because some of the action sequences in the show could be a little slow and static at times, Mm -hmm. which I kind of understand. You know, they're trying to make these things as efficiently, as quickly, and as safely as possible. TV TV films much faster than film does. Yeah. So they have to shoot shoot at a breakneck. So I understand why some of the actions are obviously slower than the action sequences in something like Ahsoka, the Ahsoka episodes of 
of um yeah those yeah or, she's great in, in yeah. the star wars movies they're totally different situations totally yeah. different productions the movies are immense productions with hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in the crazy amounts of crew and cast and planning where these are done like Eddie said a lot faster so I understand why maybe some of the action sequences were seem a little slowed down compared to the movies and everything and some of the other shows but I think the final battle scene was one situation where you could really just tell where having a larger set might have benefited the scene a little more mm-hmm. and I think I would have enjoyed it more but I still think it looked great so you, you oftentimes can't even tell that's an LED screen. So I think they they've done a great job just hiding the fact that it, they're on this small sound stage with this yeah. giant screen. And I think that the cast did a, a great job. Obviously, uh, Ewan did fantastic as the lead of the show. And then I think a couple of great new characters were Reva and Leia. And I for some reason, uh, the actress who played Leia was getting a, has been getting a lot of criticism online and getting made fun of. Really? Yeah. So Vivian Lee or Blair? Yeah, people have been criticizing her performance, but I th- I thought she was really terrific. Um, also, the character of Leia is a highly intelligent person, so it makes sense that she you know is a little more mature than so- than other kids her age in the way she speaks and her interests. I believe she got her PhD at nineteen, Leia in the lore. So she's just a very smart person and very capable. So I like how they showed those aspects. They didn't make her like kind of like a, a goofball kid. Uh, kind of just like out to lunch space cadet kid like Luke like yeah. Luke <laughs> yeah, like Luke. <laughs> I think she uh, it makes sense to make her highly intelligent and I think the actress did a very good job keep in mind she is very young so it's not like I mean I believe she's, she's nine or ten yeah so she's working actress. she's working with a world-class actor on a daily day basis so you will you will notice the skill difference when she's working with Ewan McGregor obviously but I think she did an excellent job and I also think that Reva is a good character that has been getting a lot of hate online I think that the actress did a solid job, and I think the character is really interesting to have a Padawan who was uh, attacked by um, Anakin during uh, the assault or on 66. the Jedi. Yeah, the, the assault on the Jedi Temple. I thought uh, a Padawan growing up and trying to get revenge on Darth Vader was a really fascinating take on a character. However, I, and I think that the character was really well written, but for some reason, I didn't like the reactions other people had to her in the show. For example, the Inquisitors. We're always saying that she, you go too far, Reva, and you're too impulsive, and like you're too emotional. So those are moments that I didn't really make sense to me. It's the Inquisitors that I wasn't a big fan of. I was a fan of Reva. Yeah. I, but it didn't make sense to me because we've throughout Star Wars. I mean, I'm not an expert. I never watched the series, but from what I saw, people who use the dark side of the Force, being emotional, embracing your emotions, and being impulsive, and it, it our strengths and bring out more power to you in the dark side. So I thought it was strange that dark side users were telling her to not be impulsive and not be emotional, which is what corrupted Anakin. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it, I I was like sh- they should be encouraged. Shouldn't they be encouraging her to lash out and be more violent and more aggressive? Doesn't that give you more feed more power into the dark side? So that was something I wasn't really I was quite confused about with the Inquisitors. But I think Reva, I think she didn't. I thought it was a great character. And a, a really solid villain for the show. You know, it's the corporate takeover, new enterprise. Yeah. You know, they got to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Empire's new, okay? Yeah. They're under new management. It's like hot fuzz. You're making us look bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Moses Ingram did an excellent job as Reva. My one, my little confusion with Reva was she's obsessed and has this crazy hatred for Obi-Wan Kenobi uh-huh. rather than it being directed completely at Anakin. Well, no, who no, she no. doesn't know is Darth Vader yet. I wouldn't say she has hatred of Obi-Wan. She wants Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. That she, she, I think she... I think Reva's plan is I need to capture Obi-Wan so that it can get get me close to, to Darth Vader so I can have a moment to strike. That's her plan. She wants to get 
in close contact with Darth Vader to make an attack. So okay, yeah, that makes Obi- sense. So capturing Obi-Wan, she doesn't hate Obi-Wan. She's just... She, she wants she, to get Darth's guard She hates down. how long it's taking. It's, yeah. She spent years doing this. So I think it's, it's more that her hatred is directed at Anakin and always has been. And then... Obi-Wan is merely a tool that can utilize her getting in the same room as Darth Vader. Now, back to Leia. I think a lot of people I saw complaining that they didn't realize that Leia was going to be a main plot point and plot character of the show. And there are people super upset about this and... Oh, I wanted I want Luke. First of all, <laughs> Luke has had plenty of story time in the movies. Let's be honest. The entire trilogy is about Luke Skywalker. And what I love they that they addressed with Leia, I think it's my favorite part of the show besides the, the, the final fight and the fact that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are in it, is finally really addressing Leia and her Force sensitivity. Mm-hmm. The whole first trilogy, she really doesn't do anything with the Force. Very seldom does she kind of communicate with Luke somewhat, very few times, whereas Luke is always shown using the Force. I was just really happy to see Leia using the Force for a change. She uses it a little bit in the the new trilogy, but to to have Leia doing, like, Force mind reading and and using the Force to understand people's emotions, and obviously that's one of the reasons why she's so smart and intelligent and precocious, but having Leia and addressing Force sensitivity with her finally as a main point of the show and the story, I've been craving that for so long because every I love the original trilogy, but I'm always like, poor Leia, she doesn't have any force powers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the intelligence thing got a hate, a lot of hate online. I, I think it really is because people were. I think that it might have been a bunch of like angry bros that they were mad that a girl was portrayed as highly intelligent because, I mean, how many movies and TV shows have we seen with a genius kid, and Quite nobody nobody says any a genius boy. Nobody says anything smart about that. Guy. Smart guy. He's a smart yeah, guy. Yeah, smart guy is a perfect example. <laughs> no one no one ever has a problem when it's like a, a, an entirely intelligent little boy. Uh, and so I thought it was strange that um, to be upset that someone's that young is very smart. Because there are geniuses in the world at that young of an age. I mean, Good Will Hunting in our episode, we talked about how it was inspired by a real like seven-year-old who, who went to like MIT at like age eight. Yeah, I was pretty smart <laughs> as a kid too. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I, you, I, unfortunately, once you hit nine, you just I plateaued. Peaked. I peaked. It's been downhill ever since my entire life. I peaked at 12. I'll always say Well, that. everyone, you got made fun of um, the other day because in, in – I forgot to tell you. You posted an episode and you, and you wrote um, – instead you were writing to the – but then you accidentally wrote taught he <laughs> and it's in the Spotify bio of the Is episode. It really? Yeah. Oh, you should have told me. I, I forgot to that. tell you. It was at night when I when they were texting me that, so I forgot to tell you. <laughs> but you wrote taught he, which actually is a very common error. Doesn't mean I'm an idiot. No, I, I never said you were I an idiot. I think you're insinuating that I'm an idiot. <laughs> I would I would never say but no, such a so, thing. Little little uh, Leia, I think, is a great character. Well, Leia, and I thought it was a nice surprise to focus on her rather than Luke. Because, again, Luke's had plenty of storytelling. But also, Obi-Wan and Leia have an established relationship from A New Hope which, starts. Which is canon in a way, but also I was expecting her memory to get wiped or something. In the show? Because in A New Hope, she says she doesn't say she knows Obi-Wan. She says, my father knows Obi-Wan. Oh. You know, in A New Hope. That's the line. So I was I was waiting for them to, like, are they going to can't are they gonna oh. erase her memory? So there's a lot of things that they're kind of just, like, fudging in terms of the uh-huh. canon of the original franchise. I get I it. I don't mind that. I understand it. Um, but when you go, like, dialogue to dialogue, it doesn't completely well, maybe, match up. Well, the season's, the show's not over. It's so not over. Maybe it's, they'll wipe her memory I'm sure they'll in have, later I'm seasons. sure Leia will be back, or, yeah. or something will happen. I'm sure they'll Leia address Origins. <laughs> Even earlier than this, Leia, three years old. <laughs> but, I'll, but some of the 
show in terms of some of the sequences with Leia and action sequences were clunky at times in this show. Yeah, I mean, everyone's I think, laughing at the chase scene in the woods. I think it's fair to woods. say, you know, the chase sequences were were jarring to me. Yeah. Watching it these looked like grown it was, adults yeah. literally could run past her in a second, and they're just like slow jogging and then bumping into trees. Her stride is so small. And yeah. yeah, her stride's tiny. So it's like you're watching it, and I get it's a kid's show, and I understand it's Disney Plus. And again, it back felt to like the, it felt like Power Rangers a couple of times. Back to the yeah. they're filming efficiently and quickly. Yeah. Uh, you're on the day, you're like, and the script it looks like th- it's supposed to do this, but on, in person it's going to look like this and not look completely right. Like, I know Flea is not that slow of a runner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Flea looks great, by the way. He's did a, he did a great job. And then the chase sequence where Obi-Wan's chasing after Leia too, so... Oh, yeah, on the rooftop. So, yeah. I, I mean, it is what it is. I think you just we got to kind of accept these sequences for what they are. There's always been that campiness level to Star Wars, like when she's getting hiding under the jacket. I know everyone was super upset about it online, and when, when oh wait, yeah, when, when they escaped Obi-Wan's the base, hiding Leia, it was under silly. The, under that the, was silly. Yeah, the code. it's it's silly. And but the, the stormtrooper slap, yeah, the <laughs> stormtrooper slap from from Tala was yeah. But again, there's kind of always been parts of that in the original trilogy, specifically. I would say the campiness. There's always been that campiness. Original trilogy, go back. Even some of the things that Han Solo does, like he's sprinting like a foot behind the stormtroopers after he shoots at them. Let's not forget that they. How many scenes took place in in narrow hallways with stormtroopers firing at people standing in these hallways yeah. and they hit nothing. Yeah. So well, we gotta now keep that's in, a running joke. Yeah. Though. Keep in mind, like Star, Star Wars has never been super like practical in terms of like real world physics i would say the new the film trilogy the new one's been great about it because yeah, it, yeah. we're in a different world of filmmaking filmmaking back then was a lot Can't more prone to mistakes yeah. and campiness because you know you're not filming digitally you're filming on film and you got to check out dailies and sometimes you got to work with what you got and what you filmed that day before but it's star wars it's always been a little campy and silly you just gotta you just gotta go with it i think it's okay and i also like the the extensive uh world building we saw Especially that planet that Obi Wan traveled to, where he met Kumal Nanjiani's character, and that Haja, Kaja, Haja, Haja. Sorry, and that planet. It felt like it was very Blade Runner esque, dirty and grimy with all the neon lights, and I, I feel like that's something we haven't seen in Star Wars, uh, like a, outside of Rogue One. Yeah, more of like a downtown Tokyo esque. Blade Runner style cityscape, and I really liked seeing that Los Angeles twenty forty nine. It's Los Angeles in the Star Wars universe. And to, speaking of Rogue One, my favorite part of the show might be the aesthetic is very similar to Rogue One. It looks the most like that cinematography and that production design. I think Darth Vader has the coolest office ever. It's a cool, yeah, I it's, love the design. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, it's like this dark marble stone. It's like yeah, this yeah. bluish black marble and that giant throne that he sits on. It's really cool design. A lot of the production elements reminded me so much of Rogue One, which I think was the right aesthetic decision to go with. And I I think they did a great job. Vader doesn't show up to fight in the first episode, but there are great scenes of Vader where we see his powers, especially like when he rips that ship apart. When he's using the force against people to entice Obi-Wan to uh, show himself. And then eventually that first fight with Obi-Wan where he just messes Obi-Wan up. And I like how, I really liked how Vader punished Obi-Wan by burning him in the flames as a way of, this is what you did to me, I'm doing this to you. I really like that scene. He kind of does two things to get sort of revenge from their battle on the lava planet where the fire sequence where he's like, this is what happened to me now, I'm gonna, you're gonna, a taste of your own medicine in a way. And then also in the final fight, 
He gets the high ground on Obi Wan. He yeah, buries him yeah. inside the. Uh, I thought he was gonna say. I thought he was gonna say, "Who has the high ground now, bitch?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he made the the sinkhole basically in the ground, and, he, and he, you could tell it's a reference to the reverse or revenge of the high ground. Yeah. I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> Don't try it. But to to stay on Darth and Obi Wan, which is easily and clearly the best part of the show, and everyone what everyone was most excited for, and to, the first fight was pretty solid. It was really cool. But the final battle was epic. It was one of the best lightsaber fights I've seen. I think we've seen in the Star Wars cinematic universe and TV universe. And it was a great back and forth. There was a long scene, which I liked, with just the two of them. Yeah. No one else coming There's in. Just a lot them of fighting. two by themselves. Yeah. Back and forth. Obi-Wan's got his strength back. But uh, your strength has returned. But so, but your weakness is still there. So yeah. great dialogue at the same time. One of the best written scenes for dialogue, I think, in the whole series and show. Great battle again, and Obi-Wan defeats Darth again. But I think this is such an important moment for Obi-Wan because he's gotten his force strength back. He's gone through everything. He's basically sacrificing himself to evacuate the ship and to lure Darth to just him. And his force strength is back, but he still has some of the weaknesses that he's been carrying for a long time. But to me, it felt like Obi-Wan Kenobi finally got a lot of closure on what happened to Anakin, his best friend and his brother. And he's always blamed himself the past 10 years for what happened to Anakin as it was his fault. It's his fault that Anakin was corrupted and and joined the dark side and was t- corrupted by Palpatine. But Darth reveals to him that Obi-Wan says, sorry, great performance from you in here. And Darth says, you didn't kill Obi-Wan, I killed. I mean, you didn't kill Anakin, <laughs> I killed Anakin. And so it was, I think, a moment of closure for Obi-Wan to let go the fact that it wasn't his, his fault. fault. It was the dark side. Goodwill hunting, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not Basically, your fault. Yeah. it's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. I know, Sean. I know. <laughs> not, not you, Sean. Not you, Sean. Not you, Sean. <laughs> not you too. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it was, except with lightsabers. When they fought, it was really terrific. And it <laughs> the first thing I thought of was, was I was like, oh, I wish that the Luke and, and Kylo Ren fight was like this. <laughs> <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the fight was great too because they're using so much of the environment around them in this like rock area and practical lighting where you can see they're being lit up by their sabers more than anything. And then when Obi Wan, he when he does his pose and his face like the praying mantis oh, yeah, lightsabers, he's all lit up with blue. I was like, okay, he's got, like the two fingers yeah, out, and the like, saber above his head. He's like Obi Wan's back. That was that was the moment where okay, Obi Wan is fully back to himself. And the lighting was always terrific with the lightsaber battles. They did a really great job. Deborah Chow, who directed the series, really terrific at uh, blocking and everything. And I love the sequences whenever it was very dark and just they're being lit up by the lightsabers, whether they're in a battle or whether it was the sequence where Obi Wan is saving Leia, who's in the machine in, in trapped down and the red lights are everywhere and the power shuts down but yeah. then you see Obi-Wan's lightsaber turn on takes out a guy the the lightsaber goes out yeah. takes out the other guy so they did a great job using the light and glow of a, the lightsabers to their advantage as much as possible yeah it, it felt reminiscent of the Kylo and Rey fight in the first in the first Force Awakens where there was the first time we really saw the actors being lit by their sabers in a, in a heavy way 
rather than the sabers being done in CGI and post because that was always you know a practical thing with the original the, the early Star Wars movies where the since the sabers were done in post that light wasn't poured onto the actors even though you have a giant glowing light right next to your face you never saw it on the actors and then with the new trilogy a great job that they've done is making the lights practical on set where you see the, the that blue light is pouring on Ewan McGregor's face and it really makes a difference absolutely but, uh, just a few more cons for me though that I want to bring up is it felt a little bit like the Mandalorian in terms of like uh, protagonists with like a little lone wolf pr- that they're protecting uh, a protector. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So at times it felt like that. So I I hope Disney with Star Wars doesn't get in the crutch of having protagonists with a young or smaller person that they're protecting or alien or whatever, <laughs> whatever Excuse it be. Me. Who knows if Ahsoka that show she'll be hanging around with a, a small little being. We don't know. She'll um, have a cat. So if they, I don't know if they want to keep doing that in every episode in every series they do. They don't, they don't really do it in Boba Fett, obviously. Um, also, yeah, you don't even. Yeah, you, you, they don't do it at all. I was, re- I was, <laughs> I was really hoping to get flashbacks of the Clone Wars, or to at least get, or at least it would have been cool if the show was about the Clone Wars. But to maybe get a flashback of the Clone Wars would have been awesome. But I did like the the flashback of the fighting montage of practice dueling between Anakin and Obi Wan. That was a lot of fun. I know everyone freaked out because they didn't de-age them again. They, they're just like, F it. We don't have time. We don't have the, the money. Let's just do it. Who cares? We're all, everyone's going to like it anyways. It's, they'll, people will deep fake it online, so it'll be fine. It was still great <laughs> to see Anakin versus Obi-Wan playfully like yeah. they used to be, even though Anakin's supposed to be like 17. We get it. It's understand. It's okay. But I did also really like seeing Anakin in his face attacking the younglings in Order 66 when it's going yeah, down. Yeah, those flashbacks worked really well. Before he has especially, the red saber yeah. and the blue saber lighting up his evil face. S- especially with Reva. So I loved the, I thought the show was great. I really liked it. And I do have a couple of cons as well. I think that – I don't know why they Disney keeps doing this or Star Wars keeps doing this, but they we never have a new villain who's just a villain. And Reva went the Kylo Ren route, Darth Vader route, where they're a dark side member and then they – become good again reva i predict will be a jedi eventually and i know she started out as a padawan jedi but i re- i mean i really would like to just have an evil villain from start from their beginning being the main villain yeah. not just the other inquisitors or anything <laughs> yeah um because those guys they don't, they don't care i don't yeah, care about those guys those guys are just like <laughs> I, I, I the rupert friend he played the main inquisitor his voice was <laughs> it's very annoying sometimes. Rupert Friend listening to this right now. <laughs> Reva was the best Inquisitor by far. But I would just I, – I wish she could have stayed – she could stay an overarching villain. Um, I don't know why they that Disney or Star Wars won't just like hold the gun on this person's bad and they'll stay bad until they have to be defeated. I feel like evil can be more intimidating and more uh, powerful that way if it's like – they can never. There's no chance of them ever be turning turned for good. Like the only way to stop them is to kill them. Uh, and so far in the Star Wars franchise, you have like Palpatine, Dooku. Um, who else in the movies? In the movies, yeah. is like a bad person. Yeah, that never. I mean, Anakin th- becomes very no, dirty. but he, Anakin ends up saving, True. destroying the Palpatine. He does kill kids. So <laughs> <laughs> he does. But yeah, but I'm saying they they stay a villain. Well, I mean, uh, I w- I'm just saying I would have liked Governor the- in, the, in A New Hope, then also Donald Gleason's character in the in the Force Awakens trilogy. General Hux ends ends up helping them though. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> It does blow up some stuff, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I guess what I'm saying is I, I would— you, I, you want a villain to stay a villain. Yeah, I wanted Reva to just be— because, Palpatine. I, I wanted her to be in Palpatine's next in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be cool. Or, or, or under Vader, uh, I guess is what I was saying. And 
because uh, I thought Reva was great and fantastic, and I would have liked to see her just. She seemed like a great antagonist for Obi Wan, but uh, it looks like I'm predicting she'll have uh, she'll become a Jedi in the future. There's also some so many great little Easter eggs and stuff. Like I think the one of my favorite scenes was when they're they do like the Breaking Bad scene, like with the spice and they're making yeah, yeah, they're making yeah. this, they're making the uh, there's a drug drugs, room yeah the drugs is really cool. Drugs I was like, Star Wars. like Breaking Bad right now. It's Walter yeah. White right here. Uh, the mind probing is great. I think that having a uh, Zabrock, which is or Zabrock, sorry for the pronunciation, <laughs> uh, which is the Darth Maul species of aliens. Having Obi Wan confronted and communicating with one of them was really cool because it just like is like oh my god, that's like Darth Maul's cousin. The use of memories and dreams to connect the dots of Obi Wan's current state of mind and his past and his trauma was really effective. Whether it was canon to what we'd seen before or something new that we'd seen before, we hadn't seen before. Um, I think the the sequence where uh, Obi Wan is holding the cracked glass was so cool, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a reference to a video game, right? A Star Wars video game, I believe. I don't know video where games, um so. he, someone's holding cracked glass uh-huh. that the water's go- oh the force. Through. I thought you meant like holding in your hand. Oh, no, sorry, like force, force holding. Oh yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. That's the gotta sequence. Be more in, specific. That's the sequence in the video game where he confronts Darth Vader in the glass hallway underwater. One of my favorite things that they did all over this episode, which was so cool, and um, I, I can't really think if they'd done it that often in the, in the movies, was during a lightsaber battle using the force to just stop a lightsaber in its tracks. We've did, seen that, yeah, we've seen that. A but they did times. a lot in the yeah. show, which I really liked. Whether it was the battle between Vader and Reva, where he was doing the fight against, fighting against her without a saber in general, and then steals yeah. her saber, gives her a mm-hmm. saber, and takes them both from her. Yeah. It happened a lot in the Vader versus Obi Wan fight. So I think that was a great little move that would it just makes sense to have in every duel. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they did a uh, quite a bit in the uh, Revenge of the Sith final battle. Maybe they did that a few times for sure. But it, I, I do love that move. It's one of my favorite moves to use the force not just to do big things, but to the close quarters combat. It can really become like a, a, a helpful tool. Like you could just trip your opponent, no problem. Yeah. Just trip him up. We got Qui Gon Jin finally yeah. shows up. We all knew he was gonna come. We knew he was gonna come back. It was great to see him in his little dialogue at the end, yeah. and, and Obi Wan's finally been ready to communicate with him and see him. Yeah. The finale again was great. We had. Uh, Uncle Owen back because Reva is going to kill Luke Skywalker, which was emotional in her dropping her saber into the sand. Is obviously you heard saying that I'm I'm saying no to the dark side. Maybe I'll begin a journey with the to the good side of the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Uh, return of Obi Wan basically becoming a Jedi Master again because he starts off the show defeated. He's poor. He's hungry. He steals food from the job he works at, just slicing f- fish. And he's just lost his way, and he's lost his connection to the Force. He hasn't used the Force in 10 years, and his first time really using the Force was brilliantly done and used by catching Leia as she fell off the building and catches her last minute a foot above the ground. I thought that was a great way to show Obi-Wan breaking down barriers and getting back to using the Force. That moment, actually, I thought um, in that moment when Leia stops right above the ground, I thought it was going to be Reva. Using the force to save her. I thought it was and gonna be an amazing sh- Spider-Man too. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but I thought I thought it was gonna be Reva, and then she was gonna kidnap Leia in that moment. That would have been cool. Yeah, but then Obi Wan Obi Wan needed that moment to get some power back. So it, that was a great moment for Obi Wan. And at the end of the at the end of the finale, he's wearing his famous outfit. He's finally wearing the yeah. uh, the Jedi outfit that's. Just like I think it might be the best Jedi outfit out of yeah. all the Star Wars movies. It was great to see C three PO again. Oh, Ice Cube's son is in, and he's very good. Oh, Sh- yeah, O'Shea um, Jackson O'Shea Jr. Jackson. He's he's excellent in the show. Also, it was awesome to get 
Senator Bale Organa back, mm-hmm. who's Padme's father, played Jimmy by Jimmy Smith. Smith's, even though like, the guy's aged 25 years since yeah. <laughs> the, the first movie in 1999, yeah. episode one, it was cool to still have him come back play the yeah. character. He's, really been cool. in, he's been in a lot of Star Wars projects. He was in Rogue One. James Earl Jones is back as Vader doing the voice, but they also did an excellent job of Hayden being in the costume of Darth Vader, but then also in the final battle when the helmet gets broken open, we get a uh, obviously this is how he got the scar on his on his head that we probably always wondered, which is great to like connect to the canon, but also the back and forth between Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones' voice as Darth is communicating to Obi Wan was really cool. I'd say that was the best moment of the show. I think so as well. Yeah. And then Sun Kang as the fifth brother, he was just it was just cool to get him because we Benny all Benny Safty was in it. Yeah, Benny Safty was in it as a Jedi. <laughs> when he showed up, I was like, Is that Benny Safty? <laughs> You're like, dude, what? <laughs> and then Tala was another great new character who helps Obi Wan and Leia escape and she'd been working against uh the Empire the whole time. So I think they did a solid job of telling a new Obi-Wan story. And I know everyone's like, I wanted it to just be like, this didn't feel like an Obi-Wan Kenobi show, man. I wanted just Obi-Wan. It's like, <laughs> look, we need to establish relationships between Obi-Wan and Leia and her father, obviously. And Obi-Wan's journey, it's not just probably just staring at Luke from a distance the entire time. Because if is that what you wanted, just Obi-Wan doing that? But like, he's also on Tatooine. Suppose he's supposed to protect... Um, Luke's, but I think it was a good idea to have him go save Leia. Got to give him some more adventures. And again, we've seen Luke so much. We've seen his story so much. Not much happens probably in his childhood that we have to address. But I think Leia was the right direction to go. And with Obi-Wan establishing that relationship. And also, I mean, I think the the choice in that direction, it is warranted. Because if you think about it, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of messed up, but... Obi-Wan and, I mean, George Lucas writing it, he knew that the twins were both the children of Vader, and yet only Luke was the one who should have been trained. And so I think that the filmmakers were like, let's get Leia's side of things and get her involved because Luke was the one who was allowed to be trained. He's the one who became a Jedi. And so he got to do it all. I mean, Leia Leia does plenty. And she, you know, is put into the most privileged life in the galaxy. Yeah, so I think they wanted to be like, let's give Leia's story a go and try and get her more screen time and more to do in terms of the Star Wars lore. Yeah, and the thing is, all these Disney Plus shows, the Marvel shows, the Star Wars shows, they're as much about other characters as they are about the title characters, their ensemble shows that are being used to launch new characters and create new characters to expand the universes of the shows and the movies and the lore and the canon. It's just part of what it is. So in a perfect world, yeah, would we get like just Obi-Wan messing dudes up, just being Obi-Wan on missions? Sure, probably. But I mean, it is what it is. It's, they're just creating new characters, expanding the universe creating a bunch of new characters, and it's a lot of fun. Are they creating new characters? <laughs> <They're saying laughs> yeah. I'm just like, this is our second episode we've done today. <laughs> we, filmed, we filmed that Spotify this morning, which is really cool. Also, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry we've been ha- if we've been having playback issues. We are, tr- we are switching to Spotify's podcast platform, and it's been a hectic day. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, a lot of our episodes are actually missing off of the platforms. Um, so uh, We're we trying ha- to figure it out. Yeah, we're, we're working on it, and... We'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted, but we'll see if we can figure it out in the next day or two. But at the moment, we're kind of up in the air with what to do, and we're just taking it uh, hour by hour, basically. So hopefully, if uh, things work out really well, this episode we'll be able to post today on Friday. If not, we'll post on Saturday, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, and what the know, time there, tells. There's a, cha- there's a chance that we're going to lose a lot of episodes during the transfer, and it's not Spotify's fault. It would be the other hosting platform's fault. And... 
because we're trying to get video podcasts on the show. So hopefully it's successful. If it happens, we're just going to have to start posting old episodes. Yeah, on, yeah. On again, unfortunately, if it, if it, if we have to do things manually, which is the alternative, we're going to be posting like old episodes, um, but just bangers. Yeah, yeah, just the bang, bangers. Bangers only. <laughs> so you might, if that happens, you might see uh, reposts. And, like not, and we're not, we're not, we're not trying to milk views. We're literally we, just trying we're to build. Gonna, we might lose build the library again. So, so if that happens, that's why we're posting the old episodes. So we appreciate everyone who's been wondering where the newest episodes have been, but. Yeah. You know, we've been having issues. But other than that, you got anything else to add to Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm looking forward to seeing what they go, where they go from here now that Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan again and that he's back to full steam. I think that we might see, you know, Mandalorian and Obi-Wan together on screen. I think people's heads would explode. That'd be pretty cool. Why wouldn't you do or that? Or Baby Yoda. Why would you Grogu? not? Why, would, why wouldn't you put them together on screen? You got them. Yeah. You got, got them all there. Yeah. And, every, and you can tell they're probably going to do a season two of Kenobi, even though, though it wasn't the original plan, because this show was very popular and people loved it. Yeah. And, and also, I'm looking forward to seeing more Vader and more Palpatine. Palpatine, we got at the very sorely end. Sorely missed, but and, yeah. And so I think, well, I think that it was smart to save Palpatine. I, I wanted a little more, though. Wasn't Palpatine enough for you? He's a great villain. How about you wanted Palpatine Origins? But I, that would actually be that would be sick. That would actually be pretty cool. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of Darth Plagueis? Plagueis. Plagueis. Say it. Plagueis. Don't even try Plagueis. to say his name. You can't say it right. Plagueis. <laughs> <laughs> the Jedi must end. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Kill him, Anakin. <laughs> that's a good one. Actually, that's a great idea, Disney. You should do a Palpatine origin story and make it evil. It's no, just evil. No empathy or sympathy for Palpatine. Yeah, just make him a fucking bad guy. <laughs> Honestly, can we just have a bad guy? <laughs> Other than that, I think they did a solid job starting a new franchise and yeah. series with Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm looking forward to seeing more Vader in the next season as well. And yeah. Qui-Gon, and it's Qui -Gon. pretty cool. Yeah. Liam Neeson's back. But uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Goodbye, y'all. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast has been executive produced through Patreon by our amazing Chosen One Tier patrons Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John A. Graz, Lauren Smertz, and Tyler McFly. Thank you so much for being executive producers through Patreon for our show. We appreciate you all so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you're new. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Find us on all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to check out one of these other videos right here for more content on our favorite films and breaking down all kinds of movie content. Thanks so much. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.